It is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose and a little bit of baseball business to get out of the way before we dive into a meaty world of Major League Baseball. Some controversy, some great exploits on the field. Really fun stuff to talk about. But yesterday, a lot of the people that joined us on the YouTube side of things said, when I was uh, displaying my Wisconsin uh, Timber Rattlers t-shirt, I had half of it off the screen. And so I want to hold this up for everybody to see. There we go. Right in front of my face there. So that's what it looks like. I hope everybody gets a good look at it. I want you to go to their website, go purchase all the good things. I got a question for you because this is yeah. in Wisconsin. We're talking timber rattlers here. Those are clearly snakes, snakes, cold blooded. Yes. Wisconsin gets really cold. Do these snakes hibernate? I listen they, over my pay. Are we, grade. are we hibernating as a snake? Uh, up there, you, you better get your ass underground is my guess. Okay. Some of the, I'm, now I have to go Google this after the show. Yes. And now today I am wearing a really cool lid. You would have no guess of what this is. This is the Idaho Falls Chuckers. They are an independent team out West. Okay. They used to be affiliated with the Kansas city Royals among other teams, but now they've been independent the last few years. Their normal hat looks very cool. It's this one. This is the Copa Madres version. So I feel a little witch doctory today. It's kind of a cool look. I, I like this one. Yesterday, the, the udders, people are still mad at me because I didn't like that one. I like this one. Yeah. I can't really see what it looks like. There's a face. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Up close. I don't know. <laughs> a little frightening. I like it. I like okay. it. Well, let's dive head first into this because a lot of Yankees fans love what they saw yesterday. Offensive explosion in their opener of the set against the Baltimore Orioles, a team with whom they have struggled mightily in recent times. Anthony Rizzo gave us our first three homer game of the year, right? The first one of his career. So do you like this offense or do you love this offense? It's like I'm, I'm getting a little fuzzy feeling with it. I'm taking this offense on a coffee date and we've had good conversation. I think there's potential for more. I might take that offense to like my favorite dinner spot. But I'm just not so sure. I do see the potential in it. The depth may not be there uh, enough for me to love it. Like I love some other offenses around the league, but there is potential. I mean, look, we know who Aaron Judge is and we know who Giancarlo Stanton can be. I think Stanton is kind of the key for me. You know, I think Donaldson will come around. Um, I think he's going to be pretty good. I think Judge is going to be Judge. Rizzo seems to love that short porch. I mean, those three homers combined, how far did those go? Like I 900 mean, feet. <laughs> you got to check the baseballs for wall scrapings on them. It is. That was kind of, it was funny. I, I liked it. And I'm sure Anthony Rizzo's like, Hey, I've made a good choice playing here. Yep. So I think there's potential for me to really, really love it. I just think that lacks a little bit of the depth and uh, it just seems like they're having trouble in recent years too, getting like clicking all at the same time. It just doesn't seem like it happens too often. And we have our, our guy, Dan Rourke here that might be able to, dispel that belief in me but I, I i'm kind of in on yankees baseball it just doesn't seem like they've clicked all together and if they do that's a love for me so the reason they have to click all together is because they lack serious athleticism they just do so balls in the gap they're not going to score from first all the time um you know they're, they're not going to steal bags 
which is when a team's struggling, there are ways that you can manufacture runs. They're not a manufacturing team. They are a let's put the ball over that damn wall sort of team. And, you know, Stanton is a guy who exploded from late April on last year. He really was fantastic. I don't know what he'll be. He's kind of a year-to-year guy. There's some years where he's a monster, $300 million monster, and there's other years where he's OPS in the 800s, and you're like, okay, he's fine, whatever. Um, To me, it's hilarious that the Yankees fan base, for the most part, was so bummed when Freddie Freeman picked L.A., and then so bummed when Matt Olson got traded to Atlanta. They're like, oh, we got to get Rizzo back here. And now he's leading the major leagues in homers, like team leader. Everybody's like, yeah, fuck yeah, Anthony Rizzo. That's right. Like, all going like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it all along. And then, by the way, he's going to have one month where he's got like a, a 698 OPS. And they're going to be like, fuck Rizzo. So... Not that it's any different from most fan bases, by the way, which would feel that, you know, have all those feelings, but go ride that high, I guess. I'm happy for Rizzo. Had to be a good feeling. And you know what? LeMahieu being LeMahieu again mm-hmm. is another thing that's going to make me fall in love with this, uh, this lineup. It just, it does seem streaky to me and I'd rather them not be so dang streaky, but uh, I guess that's kind of the name of the game now. Sure as hell is. Uh, but they've played second fiddle to New York's other team, which just keeps winning and winning. Last night, a shutout victory in St. Louis. But that was kind of, I guess, the um, the sidebar to the main issue, which is New York's batters still keep getting plunked. Uh, Pete Alonso took one in the coconut again. Starling Marte got hit in the ninth. He wasn't happy. The Mets have been hit, I think, 18 times this year. They have had enough including last night's starting pitcher, Chris Bassett. It's extremely annoying to see your teammates constantly get hit. And if we get hit by certain pitches, it's, it is what it is. But to get hit in the head, the the amount that we're getting hit is it's unbelievable. Um, I had some close calls tonight, um, which I've been hit in the face. I don't ever want to do that to anybody ever. But uh, the MLB has a very big problem with the baseballs. I mean, they're bad. Everyone knows it. Every pitcher in the league knows it. They're bad. They don't care. The MLB doesn't give a damn about it. They don't care. Um, we've told them our problems with them. They don't care. What are the problems with them? What's different about them? They're all different. The, the first inning, they're, they're, they're decent. The third inning, they're bad. The fourth inning, they're okay. The fifth inning, they're bad. Um, then we have different climates. Every, everything's, everything's different. There's no... no, there's no common ground with the balls there's nothing nothing the same outing to outing they're bad your thoughts uh i agree with a lot of what he said and i disagree with some of what he said i agree that um there needs to be consistency with the balls and that means from year to year they can't change um the supply chain issue can affect it like we need to have these things manufactured the exact same way so they're they weigh the same they're wound the same tightness all the materials are the same year in and year out. You are going to get some times where the ball is going to play a little bit different depending on the weather. You can't really – every single sport that plays outside, you know, the ball changes in the weather. You know, talk to football guys when they play in the cold. If it feels like a rock. It feels different in the heat. That's going to happen. I think a lot of the pitches are mad or upset. Like, you know, 
the stuff that they want to use to get a good grip, what they what they've been familiar with is now kind of taken away from them. Everyone's using the same rods and some guys aren't, you know, used to using that. So it's going to feel a little bit different in their hands. So, so for the most part, I agree. They have to get the manufacturing under control. I don't understand how that's even a problem. It's baseballs, dude. Like there's machines, they make them let's go. Like that should be the easiest thing for baseball to do is have all of their equipment. The baseballs that are used to play the sport be the same. Uh, the weather thing that I don't agree with that, but um, I think that the pre-tacked balls are the way to go right now. The process of rubbing a ball up is absurd. It's archaic. It is going to fluctuate from team to team. Like you're using Mississippi mud and someone like either the umpire or a ball boy or whoever is just rubbing them up to his discretion. There's no like way to do it really. That's like consistent. So, you know, I always noticed that when I was playing, you know, some, sometimes you picked up a ball during the game and it was sparkling white. Sometimes you went and a pitcher had those balls rubbed up so much you could barely see them on the dirt. So the consistency has to be there. And I think the way to do that is to finally go to the pre-tacked balls like they use in, in some of the uh, Asian leagues. Okay. So we can send people to outer space, right? I just want to make sure I'm not a huge science guy, but I'm just, you can pay to go to outer space. Like pretty cheap now, I think. Okay. We can't figure out how to make one consistent baseball. And I mean, I would be laughing if I didn't hear the words out of Chris Bassett's mouth that I had some close calls tonight, which means that he doesn't know where the ball's going at times. You're talking about one of the best control pitchers around, not knowing where the ball's going. That scares the hell out of me. It's got to be very unsettling for hitters out there. We don't, we can't have that. You cannot, when it comes to the safety of your players, that is paramount. And it makes it seem like Major League Baseball doesn't care enough about the safety of its great players to want to get this done. I don't know if it's because they can't get sides to agree on the tackiness. I I don't know what it is, but something has got to be done. Enough of this. I mean, it's incompetence is what it is. Like, I mean, they have to be able to go in there. That's, that's, this would take no time. Go in there make sure it's right. Get it done. You could, there's already balls being manufactured. Go study those, do whatever. But I will say the pitchers did bring this upon themselves. And it was a few of them who were using the bullshit on their fingers that the spin mm-hmm. rate was going up, which caused a stir and the league cracked yep. down on it and they cracked down on it hard. And, and, and I think to a lot of pitchers, it wasn't fair. Now you're relearning, you know, how to grip a baseball, all those, all those finger pressures that you had to throw your pitches are going to be a little bit different now because you can't use, you know, typically what you've used before. So I think we have to remember that too. Like there was a few bad pitchers who were cheating mm-hmm. and like caused this whole thing. Now, you're talking about the ball flight, like dead balls, juice balls. That is MLB's problem. That's Rawlings' problem. They have to figure this out. We'll see. And by the way, I hope that there's no retribution in the Mets-Cardinals game. I hate it when guys are getting thrown at left and right. That's just, to me, it's so immature. It doesn't make sense. Um, I I don't know. It better not happen, dude. Pitchers don't have to step in the box anymore. It's just a bunch of hitters getting hit for no reason. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any intent in any of those, right? I didn't think so last night. I mean, certainly yeah. not with the bases loaded and Starling Marte. The Pete Alonso stuff, there, you know, you got to pitch guys inside. You can't, you have to throw inside. You have to. And people will say, yeah. well, if you don't know how to throw inside, well, some guys just can't, aren't good at it. But they also yeah. won't be here very long if they don't do it.
Exactly. All right. Today's edition of Baseball Today is presented to you by our good friends over at Muggsy Jeans. I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to look sexy, and I want you to save money. And there's one way you can do it. Head on over to Muggsy.com. Use the code word TODAY. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. I have told you countless times, they are my favorite jeans. In fact, I'm going to slide them on. I'm going to wear them on the plane to Vegas. I'm going to go kick it in Vegas for the NFL draft. Everybody's going to be like, Rose, did you lose weight? I'll be like, nah, it's just my jeans are fitting great. Thanks to Muggsy. And I told you this part before. They don't just come in blue, bluer, and bluest. If you're a jeans traditionalist, I'm not going to fight you. They've got that. But you want to step out of your comfort zone, like I went charcoal gray. That's great. They have all varieties of the rainbow. So if you want to go like yellow or red or green or purple or whatever color, go for it. Go get multiple pairs of Muggsy jeans because you're going to save 10% off your order when you go to Muggsy.com and you put in the code word today. It's that simple. You're going to save 10% on your order and you're going to look great. Uh, one guy who has no problem with the baseball, apparently, is Patrick Sandoval of the Angels. Uh, he became the first player in franchise history with three starts, at least 20 strikeouts, and he hasn't given up an earned run. Last night, seven shutout innings against Cleveland. Um, pitching staff's looking good. Otani goes today. Syndergaard has been very, very solid so far. Are you buying in? It's it's the question, the age old question with the Angels. Do they have enough pitching? Buying in? Uh, as I'm looking at it right now, obviously the numbers look pretty good. Okay, and I think one thing that we are all going to look back on and, and, and feel foolish about is the Noah Syndergaard thing. I think that the Angels hit a home run there. Um, we know he was coming off an injury, but looking back now, knowing the amount of time he had, knowing the kind of person that he is, the amount of work that he is going to put in. And the kind of pitcher he was pre-injury, it seems like almost like a no-brainer, like this guy's going to come out and be, you know, very close to his old self. So they did really well there. Uh, Sandoval has been a guy they've been wanting to step up for a while. Um, I've been hearing about his name quite quite a bit. I have a really nice rookie card of his signed, so I'm really Ooh. rooting for him. You know I like to mention that when I have one. Uh, but yep. he's looked lights out. I think Lorenzen's looked great. Otani's going to get it going. So you can dream upon this, and the bullpen's been good. So – you could dream upon this. Rendon's looking good over there at third base, making plays, getting some freaking feel back, some swag back. So not only do the Angels, does the Angels pitching look pretty good right now, I could see them getting hot and getting on a run right now, even though what's their record right now? Good. Under 11 and seven. Yeah, good. They look pretty they good, well. Chris. Like it's hard. It's kind of hard not to buy in on them right now. Like the star power that they have there. It's just, we've known about it for a while. It just seems a little bit different this year. Because there's some supplemental pieces there as well, and obviously they're pitching the ball. They're pitching the ball right now. Well, it, also their bullpen is. I mean, Iglesias has been great. I thought bringing him back was huge because I, I could have easily seen him signing somewhere else, um, whether it was a Toronto or, or just anywhere in the offseason. They brought him back wisely. Bringing in Aaron Loop, I was a huge fan of that. Huge. I think that's actually a, a loss for the Mets you know, a guy from the left side who can actually get both lefties and righties out is somebody that they might end up missing somewhere down the line. They could be chasing that at the trade deadline. Tapera has been solid. Uh, Berea out of the bullpen. They've, they've all done a nice job there. And so, you know, if you have, you feel good, you know, 
innings six through nine, then if you only have to get a five and fly out of your starters at times, great. I'll take it. So I mean, Shohei's only had that one start against the Rangers and he he have six runs. And other than that, he's had a, he's had a, uh, a no run start and a one run start. So like, you know, they're, they're looking pretty good right now. They're not a team that you want to necessarily go into a series against. Nope. Not right now. That's, that's been different. That's different than from years past. Yeah. You know, in years prior, it's uh, okay. If we can dodge Shohei, we could end up sweeping this thing. Maybe we'll see. Um, I, I want to talk real quickly about another team in the AL West. We have, we've mentioned the Oakland A's attendance struggles a little bit on this show. Not a lot. Last night, the A's played against the Giants in the Bay Bridge Series. Dave Cavall is the president of the Oakland A's and went on a Twitter rant where he showed, you know, like 20 minutes before first pitch how empty the Giants stadium was and said, I'm sure that the San Francisco media won't mention how few butts there were in the seats. And just, it, it felt a little off. Like I'd want to check on Dave today. <laughs> yeah, he's weird. A, he's, yeah. he's, he's a different guy. I got to meet him and know him in 2017. And to be honest with you, I, I loved him when I was there. He's very energetic, was very passionate about getting the fan base involved. I think this whole stadium thing is just taking the air out of him. I mean, it's been years of him lobbying to get the stadium and all these proposals and having to deal with the city and, and everything like that. And I don't know the ins and outs of, of all those negotiations that are going on, but I'd have seen a change in him, uh, especially, yeah, going on the Twitter rant there. I think he's just kind of like at his, at his end. I mean, going back and forth, having to, to listen to the fans, say we want the stadium, don't leave, and then having them almost sort of boycott because of what they did with the team in the offseason, which he Dave has no say in who stays and who goes on that team, okay? This guy is doing the other stuff like the stadium and like right, the marketing the and stuff like that, the business side. Uh, but having to deal with that, I think he's just kind of – it's changed a little bit. That, that happy-go-lucky dude that I knew, I mean, that wasn't him on Twitter the other day. So maybe it was just a bad day. Maybe he needs a pat on the back. Dave, if you're listening, bro, it's gonna be okay. He was fighting with he was fighting with a parody account, a seagull parody account, bro. Like that is you need to as low as you can go. It it really is. If you were doing that, C Rose, I'd come over to your house and I'd take your phone away from you. I would throw it in the ocean before I would do that. Michelle, I mean, but I'm gonna tell him what I tell my 21 and 16 year old sons. If you're having an emotional day, stay off of social media nothing good comes out of it right you can't our buddy our little buddy dan rourke who's producing today's show you know how many times i want to jump through the phone and rip it out of his hands i you know but he's 21 dave cavall is a grown man who's the president of a professional organization what are you doing i cannot believe that i was i was like no he had to have been hacked and everybody's like no and by the way did you know what the paid attendance was last night in San Francisco? It was like 28,000 or something. It was over 32,000 was now that doesn't mean everybody showed up, but that was what the paid attendance was. So stop. It is. It was embarrassing. It was kind of embarrassing. And, the, and that, like that attitude that like jubilant sort of boyish attitude that he has 
now looks a little different <laughs> to me <laughs> as he's going off on Twitter uh, saying the Giants don't have good attendance and the media needs to cover that. Like, you know, Saris even jumped in, like shot a, a screenshot of like the view that he was looking at. Right. And it was like full of people. So Yeah, just didn't make any sense. All right, let's continue on. Uh, strangest ending we've had to a game all year. Twins, Tigers, absolutely, right? Pretty good, did pretty you, good. <laughs> okay, I mean, did you feel for the Tigers a little bit with ball going off, like off the tip of Grossman's mid and then Eric Haas not setting his feet and firing the ball down the left field line when the left fielder wasn't even back there trying to – he was trying to back up a bit. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, a big snowball fight out there. And and when you're on the bases there, I mean, Sano kind of had his head down and just kind of was at second base. The runner at second base he, took a look. And thought he was like, a ghost go to third. for a second. Uh, you know, sometimes – you know when they say, like, sometimes you got to put pressure on the defense – that was pressure on the defense, I guess. And then tight moment like that. Yeah, Robbie almost caught that one out there in right field, throws it back in. And then, you know, the left fielder being in position to back up a completely different base was the problem, really. Yeah. Uh, but fun, but, fun. If you're on the twin side, that's awesome. Like, dude, you could not- be the, – the, the two polar opposite feelings there, like the Tigers lowest of the low, the twins highest of the high, that's baseball. You don't, um, you don't usually win on many little league plays. But that's exactly what it was. But it really gets us to the bigger topic, which was Carlos Correa spoke to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic uh, about how happy he is in Minnesota, you know, not even a month into his tenure yet. And he said, hey, listen, I told him, guys, I have opt-outs in my contract, but I really like it here. I love the people here. I love the way I'm treated. If you guys see the value I bring to the organization and what I do for other people around me, and the game that I bring, I would love to have a long-term relationship here if that's what you guys would like. Do you believe him? I do. I do. He has no – there's no other reason to say that. I mean, he can opt out and talk to a bunch of teams uh, at the end of this year. But I think, you know, I'm a little bit biased. Obviously, I played there. But that also makes me knowledgeable about Minnesota and what it means to play there. I mean, it's a great place to live. Uh, you don't have, like – media breathing down your back all the time the fans are really good minnesota in the summertime is a beautiful place to live the organization Mm -hmm. is run really well the owners care about the team um you know the clubhouse staff like every every facet of that organization is awesome so i can see and i've experienced this from other people too like uh jay coterizzi goes over there and he goes he goes i know why you loved it so much like it is just a really comfortable place to play baseball you're in a good division you're centrally located the travel's not bad there's so many things to like about it so you know when you get to a place like carlos is like done pretty much like what you have to do in the game you know and when you get to somewhere where you feel comfortable and you're like i could i could see myself being here for the next five six years you express that and hopefully it gets done. I mean, I would love to see him in Minnesota. I'm sure all the fans there too uh, would love to have him too. I mean, he brings something different to that team. Um, but I don't think it's just lip service. I think he genuinely likes playing there because it's a, it's a great place to play. I think it can be genuine and not accurate at the same time. There's no way he doesn't opt out because I don't think they'll give him $300 million at some point this season. I just don't see it. I don't think that's in that franchise's DNA, and that's not a shot at them. It's very difficult to bite hard and say, we're giving you $300 million. That That's a lot. At the same time, I think 
part of Carlos Correa's idea is what's my legacy going to be in this sport? Who am I going to be? He wants to be one of the greatest. And does that mean he has to go to a major market? Not necessarily, but I think he's got to go to a place where he knows they will put a consistent winner around him all the time. Now, sometimes Minnesota has tried and it hasn't worked out. They've made some poor financial investments in players. And then there's, there's been times where they've dialed it back a little bit financially. I think he wants to be in a place where there's consistency in that area so that he's always in the spotlight because that guy in October is different. He's a really good regular season player. October comes. Some guys love that limelight and he is one of them. He doesn't want to be a guy that's in the playoffs every third year. He wants to be in it every damn year. Uh, I mean, look, Minnesota, excuse me. I think he can get that done in Minnesota. I think, you know, if he's, if he sees this, uh, the organization and, and likes it and sees who they have coming up and has talked to the front office about what their plans are for the future. I think there, there is both. Like you want to go somewhere. A guy like him wants to go win, obviously. I don't know that you necessarily need to be in a big market to be a superstar anymore. I don't think, I don't think I that's the that. case. Yeah. So I think Minnesota can be attractive to people because once you get to free agency, it's your choice now to pick somewhere where you want to be for a while. Now, obviously he didn't do that. He has all the opt-outs, but if he gets to a place that he likes going to another organization is kind of scary. Like it's, you know, one organization your entire life, you go to one, it's a little freaky. And then you get settled in you're like, Oh, I could see myself being here. Consistency clearly means something to him. Like he wants to be somewhere um, for, for a while. I don't think he wants to do like this one year type stuff. So if he feels like he likes it here, I, I, I really think that statement was genuine yesterday. I, I do. I believe it as well, but I also think that just the business won't make sense. That's all. And Is he I want to say guy? this. Ooh, we'll have to he look is up. no, he's with Legacy. Oh, Legacy. Okay. No, excuse me. WME previously with Legacy. Oh, he's with William Morris. Okay. I don't know what their track record is. If he's bore, if he was a Boris guy, one hundred percent, he's he's testing the open market. Maybe right. this agency's different. You know, I listen. Everybody portrays him as a Rod Light. I think he's more likable. To be honest with you, I think he is more likable. I love watching him play. <laughs> More likable huh. than A-Rod? I mean, there's a lot. Well, but even more likable than what, I mean, what A-Rod <laughs> is now. He's like a cartoon character. You know, I'm talking about spin back the clock to the earlier part of his career where he was. I used to love A-Rod. I wanted to be A-Rod. I love yeah. everything about him. He's the reason I wore white batting gloves with my road uniform, bro. Mm. And I, and I yeah. started out using a natural bat because that's what A-Rod did. He was sick. And then, you know, now he's yeah, like a the robot. Rest. All right, quickly, let's do this uh, Brad Miller story. Hilarious. He showed up to batting practice yesterday wearing uh, Nate Lowe's jeans because he promised Lowe that if Lowe went deep in a game out in Oakland, he would wear his jeans during BP. That's what ended up happening. Very funny. Uh, if I put you in a full suit, could you hit one out in batting practice? Yeah, well, the suits that I have, I got some nice stretchy suits, like the new materials. I definitely oh. could. I actually texted Brad about this last night. And I said, Tell me about the jeans, bro. And he said, I lost the bet fair and square. Plus, I kind of liked it. Then I said, okay, I need to know. Did you have sliders underneath? Did you wear a cup? Like, what was it like? He goes, yes, full baseball attire, always a cup, because obviously I had a show belt, the whole nine. 
He goes, they're surprisingly close to my actual baseball pants right now. He's wearing the tight things. That's, that's a new style that's going around baseball, the tight pants. Uh, he said his plan was to hit a homer yesterday, and then he was going to make somebody wear the pants every day for BP to kind of get the boys going. But then they lost, and he says, I think they're going to burn them now. So, oh, that's burn the, the jeans. But, yeah. Well, they didn't, they didn't win a game. Ouch. Backyard Brad's the best. People, you know, go show him some love. Is he funny? Oh, my gosh. Awesome, dude. Great, Is he a great clubhouse guy. Great interview. Um, and kind of that pop, man. He's got real power, too. Okay. Well, no, I know. I mean, maybe I've got to him on the rose rotation. rotation. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Quickly, what do you have on John Boy Media? Uh, Talking Baseball came out this morning. Uh, we went over some fun things. We actually had uh, Kyle Gibson on a whim. I called him, or Jimmy called him in. Uh, we started talking about pitch design and all the tech with pitchers. And he was just like, kind of like telling us like what they're able to do now. So basically it was my nightmare episode because mm. as a hitter, you just listening to pitchers talk about the adjustments they can make and the, at the speed that they can make them now. And it's scary. So scary for me, but a good listen for everybody else. So go check that out. I recorded two episodes of the Rose rotation, one coming out with Austin hedges, who is hilarious. I mean, he is, Oh my God. He's like built-in comedy. He joined us from his house. He, he lives in San Diego, and the uh, Guardians are playing in Anaheim, so he's driving back and forth. His two awesome dogs made an appearance. He's, he's just crazy. He gives us an awesome pitch com story that is unbelievable. Does he like uh, it? He loves it. He yes. has made himself the voice of Cleveland's pitch com. It's, Love that. It is a one-of-a-kind story. And he takes us through everything that happened in New York. So it's, there's a lot of good, interesting stuff that happened. So that's all coming your way. Um, those of us that are joining us, uh, those of you that are joining us on our YouTube channel, thank you, or podcast format, thank you. Quick reminder to download the AMP app. You can join us live every Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern for a full hour if you're interested in more baseball today. For our producer, Dan Rourke, my man, T. Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you Thursday on Baseball Today.